Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Gift of discernment. What is that? One day, Ananias and Sapphira sold some property, and they were just going to give whatever they wanted to give to the church. Peter was the head, and they kept some back from themselves. When Ananias and Sapphira separately walked up, Peter said this, why did Satan cause you to lie to God, the Holy Spirit? He knew nothing. He had no report. That's a gift of discernment. People have such misconceptions about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's almost like they expect there to be an angelic voice and a heavenly spotlight shining on them when God uses them. You don't really see it happen that way in the Bible. Maybe people have been watching too much television. Pastor Mark will be teaching about the gifts of the Holy Spirit today and how they work in the life of the believer. You'll see that what God intends is for these gifts to help the body of Christ function better on the earth. Find out what they are, when they're usually used, and where you fit in God's scheme of things. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Ephesians chapter 4 as he continues his message, Walking in Unity and Maturity. Let me give to you, and I'm going to do this one very quick. But again, manifestation gifts. This is the second category. There are nine manifestation gifts. These are supernatural. These are the things of the Spirit, manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Look at 1 Corinthians 12.4. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes these gifts. So the Holy Spirit gives these gifts to us. Christ gave us the motivational gifts. The Holy Spirit gives us this. He decides what gift you should have. Now, let me explain this. With the motivational gifts, you will have at least one of them. That'll be your primary gift. With these that are here, these nine, they normally don't reside with a person. God can use them with lots of people in different ways. So it's different. So many people can be used, and you'll see them here. I'll go through some of them very quickly. You can't just say, well, I have the gifts of healing. That's me, and that's the only thing I do. I'm the only one that has that gift. No, that doesn't work that way. There'll be times where God, you use you in that area, and I don't pick it. The Spirit speaks to me, and I'll show you how that works in a little bit. So when I go through these gifts, it's the Spirit, 
And it often is a circumstance. It's a situation. It's not a gift that I have from God that I always have wisdom. I speak words of wisdom all the time. That's not true. I don't have the gift of discernment all the time. Let me look over here. Uh, You're from Satan. You're from God. That's good. I just do that all the time. A, B, A, B, A, B. No, no, no. It's at a specific moment. The Spirit speaks to you. Now, that means we have to be filled with the Spirit to operate these gifts. And they're unique. Now, let's take a look at, and I'll just give you some quick examples. Message of wisdom. Supernatural. Now, wisdom is the application of the second gift, knowledge. You can have all the facts you want, but if you can't apply them to wisdom, knowledge is useless. Let me give you an example how that works. Wisdom. Sometimes in a business meeting, our elders meet every other week. And we're there, and we're trying, we have these facts. What should we do, God? I don't know what to do, God. I don't know how to apply these facts. What should we do? And we'll pray. And this happens not every time we meet, but from time to time. And all of a sudden, one of the elders will come up and say, I believe God says this is what we should do. And all of a sudden, boom, we light up, all seven of us. It's exactly what God wanted us to do. It's the wisdom that comes supernaturally from the Holy Spirit. Make sense? Now, do I need that? Oh, I need that to run this church. We need that as the eldership. Look at what about special knowledge? Message of special knowledge. That can only be revealed supernaturally. Let me give you an example in the Bible how that worked. One day, Jesus walked into Samaria, and there was a woman at the well. He had never met her. She had never met him. And through the conversation, Jesus said this, go home, get your husband, and bring him back here. And the woman said, I don't have a husband. Jesus said, I know that, knowledge. You've had five, and you're divorced from all five, and now you're living with someone. And the lady went, now how did God get that to Jesus? Through the Holy Spirit. See, he didn't know the lady, but he had a word of knowledge. The details were perfect. You got it? So that can happen today through us. All of a sudden, we see something happening, and we can have that gift of knowledge. Now, let's look at the next one. And I just want to combine these three, gifts of great faith, gifts of healing, and power to perform miracles. They kind of work together. You don't have to have all three, but they kind of work together. Now, Peter and John, one day, were walking after Pentecost. They were walking to the temple, and they'd seen this guy that had been lame his whole life. And they had never said anything really to them other than give him a couple alms. But this day, the Spirit spoke to John and Peter. Gift of healing, great faith, power to perform miracles. And Peter said, I don't have any money to give you, but what I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. So who gave them those steps of great faith that morning? Who did that? Mountain-moving faith. No doubt at all. Supernatural. That was God. And that happens as we're praying for people. We can get that kind of a thing that God just gives us faith to step out in faith. And it's just an amazing thing. Now, as you know, over the last couple of years, I had surgery for my esophagus and all kinds of problems. And then I went to prednisone forever. And then I got better. Then I got worse. And I couldn't eat and drink water at the same time. You guys knew some of that. I didn't tell you all that stuff because I don't want you feeling sorry for me. But thousands of you were praying for me. Well, as I was watching a program, I heard 
a word that encouraged me. And then somebody sent me a little email. And in the email, it says, there's nothing wrong with asking God to supernaturally heal you. So I just began praying for God to supernaturally heal me. And then a few weeks later, somebody sent me another email. In the email, it said this. There's a time to pray, but sometimes there's a time to step out in faith. Not being presumptuous. God, heal me. No, you just have to start stepping out in faith. And four or five weeks ago, God just began to speak to me. And I prayed with my wife. And I've been saying that for the five weeks. You don't know anything about it. You're still praying for me. I want to tell you, for the last four weeks, I've been healed. That has nothing to do with me. That's God. He still heals today. Now, I can tell you, I prayed for people that got healed. I prayed for people, they didn't get healed and died. I don't understand it. But the minute I began to share that with my wife, here's what Satan said to me. Yeah, go ahead and announce that someday. Because the next day, you'll be back in the hospital. You say, no, Satan would ever say that. Oh, he's a liar. He always does that. I just want to say to you, all glory to God. Thank you for your prayers. It's a miracle. I'm even gaining weight. You guys offered me your weight all those years. Forget it. Exercise. All right, now let me go back. So can we give an amen to our Lord? Amen. All right. Part of that was prophecy, which I'm going to mention to you a little later. Gift of discernment. What is that? One day, Ananias and Sapphire sold some property. And they were just going to give whatever they wanted to give to the church. Peter was the head. And they kept some back from themselves. When Ananias and Sapphira separately walked up, Peter said this. Why did Satan cause you to lie to God, the Holy Spirit? He knew nothing. He had no report. That's a gift of discernment. Sometimes we do that. And you have to be careful when people start giving you a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom and whatever. Look, if people are going to speak a word of knowledge, you should do this. This is what you should do over here. You should plant a church over here. You do that. Don't just take that from them. That should be a confirmation what God already said to you. Because it's dangerous. People will come up and tell you all kinds of things. No, if God wants me to know, he'll tell me first. Then he'll confirm it. That's what happened with my healing. They didn't tell me. I just saw that principle to step out in faith. Then God proved it because he'd already been speaking to me. Got it? So be careful. These can be a little funky. And you have to be careful. That's why prophecy right there has to be judged. So if something sounds wrong and a person speaks to you, I don't mean that they're wrong. They just probably don't use good judgment. You come to one of the pastors and elders. We can discern whether that's from God or from man. That's our role as a ministry leader. Now, the last two, of course, you know, that has to do with the ability to speak in tongues, unknown languages, which is a gift of the Spirit, and to actually give an interpretation. That's something that we do in the small groups that's still active today. Now, here's the fourth ministry gift. So turn back to Ephesians 4, where we were. I'm getting there. We're going to go very quickly. It was he, verse 11, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastor teachers. So this is the third group. There are four ministry groups, gifted spiritual leaders given to the church. Four 
ministry gifts. Now, God gave gifts to the people, but he also gave gifted men to lead the church. These are those ministry gifts. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastor, teacher is one group. It's a hyphen. That's what it means in the original language. So those four ministry gifts. These ministry gifts are directly related to the role that that person has. I'm going to make this very simple. Let me just say this up front. Apostles in the New Testament, the way they function, we don't have those kind of apostles anymore. Those apostles, I call them the big A. That means the 12 disciples, Paul was one of them. That apostle in the New Testament, you had to see Christ alive. If we don't have anybody today that's an apostle that saw Christ alive. Secondly, they wrote many books of the Bible. The apostles in those days, Jesus' day, wrote books of the Bible. We're reading one this morning from Paul. There's nobody. If somebody says today, I'm an apostle, I'm writing, I'm adding to the Bible. We already know that's 100% wrong because this Bible is complete. And it was completed by the apostles in those people. John wrote the revelation. We're done. We're finished. Also, they had supernatural power. Now, we can have some of that today, but it was unique to them. It confirmed the message that they had today. Let me read to you 2 Corinthians 12. The things that mark an apostle, signs, wonders, and miracles were done among you with great perseverance. So we don't have those kind of apostles anymore. But we do have these kind of apostles, small a. The word apostle means sent forth. Well, do we have any people that are sent forth in our churches today? Yes, missionaries and church planners. I was kind of the role of a little apostle when I planted this church. We planted many churches. We have many missionaries. They're sent ones. They have a gift to do that. But it's not the same as the New Testament apostles. They're different. It shows you the difference between what was happening there. And that's why we personally, and I don't mean this as a negative thing, we don't go around calling ourselves apostles. Apostle Mark. You know what, Paul? He would call himself an apostle, but usually what he called himself? A servant. That's all I am to you. I'm your pastor, but I'm your servant. Careful with the wordings. Now, what about prophets? Do we have prophets like the Old Testament, in the New Testament. No, we do not. A prophet speaks forth God's word. It could be future. It could be to current events. They received that word directly from the Lord. Now, these messages had to be judged by other believers, basically the leadership, to see if that was true. Today, we have little peas, little prophets. They speak a word of God when God gives it to them to encourage, comfort, and strengthen. You're going to see one of those little prophet words that God spoke to me. And I'll show you this right at the end. But notice, here's what a prophet does in the New Testament and today. It's not the same as prophet in the New Testament. Look at verse 14.3. But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Let me show you how prophecy works today. And the people that are giving you this word of encouragement or strengthening or comfort, they wouldn't call themselves a prophet. Sometimes when I teach, and I've had many people come up to me later and say, "Uh, you spoke right to me. Do you know me? Why did you speak that right to me? 
And I said, well, I just spoke the word of God. God spoke it right to you. And often it was a word of encouragement or comfort or it was a word of strengthening. See, that happens. Have you ever watched a TV program? Or you're riding in your car, you're listening to Charles Stanley or one of the great Bible teachers forever, you know, Adrian Rogers, although he's in heaven, and they're still playing his program. And he'll say something to you and you go, whoa, 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 whoa. That word's for me. Anybody? Anybody ever hear it? You stop the car and write it down. That word's for me. What is that? It's a prophecy, a word of encouragement, comfort, and strengthening. See, God uses his word. It's not about the prophet. It's the word of God. And you're here, and you're going to hear a prophecy that I'm going to share with you. Let me share, and then we'll be done. As I was finishing my sermon on Friday afternoon, I was talking about prophecy, that God gave a word. And for some reason, my mind went back to a prophecy God had given me that I spoke to the church in 2005. I knew it was from God. And it was about, from the Old Testament, the nation of Israel had been in captivity. And the prophecy that came forth from Isaiah was that God was going to bring them home out of the captivity, and they were beginning a new life. And when they came back, he was going to grow them in strength, in number, and in influence. So in those days, of course, people lived in tents. And he says to them, you got to enlarge your tents. You got to get ready because I'm going to bless the nation of Israel again. And many people are going to come. And there's going to be a joyful time and you're going to sing a new song. Let me show you what that prophecy was from Scripture. And then I'll apply it to you. Here's Isaiah saying to the people, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. Now, what is that all about? If you're going to make your tent larger, you have to have more rope. You have to have more rope. You're going to make the tent larger. You're going to have more people come. Now, the more rope and the greater strength of the tent, what do I have to do with stakes? Can I just put them in sand and just leave them at the top? No, because the second you step in, it's all going to fall. So as I was thinking about that, that day, I didn't even think about this. I found my crazy potato head in the office earlier that day. And when I found it, I found my steaks from 2005 in the same place. I didn't relate anything to it because God hadn't spoken to me. Now, what do you have to do with that steak to make the tent well? You got to put it down deep. So that was the message God gave. Look at this. For you will spread out to the right, to the left. Your descendants will dispose nations and settle in their desolate cities. Do not be afraid. You will not suffer shame. Now, prophetically, that was for Israel. But there's an application for us. Putting down the tent stakes, lengthening the ropes, enlarge our dwelling, repositioning and anchoring our foundation. Here's two things I want you to write down. God spoke to us in 2005, these two keys. Most of you were never here in 2005. Here's what God promised our church. We don't have tents, but here's what he said. I'm going to give you increased spiritual width. Your tent's going to get bigger. You're going to have more influence in the communities for Jesus Christ. 
Second, you're going to have greater spiritual depth. Maturity is going to come with this. Now, that was 2005. We had a fairly healthy church. We had no campuses. We hardly had any church planners. Since 2005, has God proved this prophecy to us? We have thousands of people, usually eight to 9,000 people every week. It's not about the people. I don't have any idea how many people got saved in the last year since this. Thousands of people have gotten saved. We now have campus in Vieira, a campus in Sebastian, a campus in Orlando at a prison every week. And look at what God has done. We've not only done that, we've sent all kinds of church planners all over. We have missionaries all over. Praise the Lord. Has, has nothing to do with me or you except using our gifts. And you say, well, Pastor Mark, hello. We are not in 2005. I know we're not. And I said to God, why did you bring that back to me? And he says, because I'm going to begin new in your campuses, in your church, in your people. And I want you to write this down. This is what God told me he's going to do beginning today. Number one, make room in your thinking for God. This is about God's church, not our church. Remember what we learned? God's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, greater than we could ever. Pastor, he can't do greater than this. Are you kidding? Here's what God said to me. The work of the church is unfinished. Millions of people in our communities don't know Christ. So what am I going to do? I'm going to get ready. I want God's influence to go to our world. Our world is not Christian anymore. Here, for sure, in the States, it's secular. The morals are very different than the morals of the Bible. Number two, second thing I want you to write down. He wants to do a new, fresh, bigger things in and through us, not for our glory, for his Can you look at me? Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Because God's spirit is going to do things that many of you have not seen. Not weird crud. And you know what's very interesting? This expanding, this maturity, is the second part of my teaching in the next verses in Ephesians. God's so wise. I couldn't have ever planned that. And you'll see how this meshes perfectly with the word of God. We have a generous God that wants to change you and me and expand the kingdom of God for his honor and glory. Get ready. Get ready. We're going to be on a ride that some of you have never experienced. Don't you put God in your little funky box. Let's let him out to do his thing. Amen. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark made it clear that there is no body of Christ without other people. In the same way, there is no exercising spiritual gifts unless God is free to work among those people. You learn that the gifts of the Spirit are for the strengthening of the local churches. And when those gifts are used properly, churches flow together and God is glorified in public. 
We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Well, this wraps up the teaching, Walking in Unity and Maturity. Next time, Pastor Mark will begin his message, Walking in Unity, Maturity, Stability, and Integrity. You'll find out what God intended the body of Christ to act like among each other and how the exercising of the spiritual gifts helps that to happen. You'll be encouraged to seek your own gifting from God too. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living and together let's do life right. in a hurting world a new hope he is giving